Good morning, everyone. This is the day the Lord has made, so we are glad and we rejoice. On the West Coast on Sunday, um, this describes the ascension of Jesus into heaven and his promise to send the Holy Spirit to the disciples for all ages. In second reading, St. Paul describes the meaning of what we celebrate this day, the ascension. God has raised Jesus of Nazareth above all earthly powers and made him head of the church and Lord of all creation. This resurrection and the ascension and the giving of the Holy Spirit are part of the same event. In one action that transcends earthly time, Jesus emerges from the tomb. And this is so important. Returns to the Father and then gives the Holy Spirit. However, from the viewpoint of the disciples at different times over a period of days, they find the empty tomb on Sunday morning. The risen Lord appeared to them on that day. The termination of appearances, if you will, caused them to realize that Jesus was now permanently going to be with the Father. And, but they would have the Holy Spirit, as he said. And the theological meaning of our solemnity is actually found in the second reading. God glorified Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, raising him above all creation, and giving him all power and authority. And so as we celebrate the solemnity of the ascension, we celebrate, if you will, Jesus is going somewhere. And uh, in our gospel, however, there are actually two goings that are spoken about. There is our Lord's ascension that I've been talking about is going back to his Father. And this is a glorious thing, a very glorious going. And if we get it, gather from Luke's gospel, he puts it, he was taken up into heaven, Luke 25, 51. Of course, the apostles did not want Jesus to go. I suspect even the apostles didn't want to go anywhere either. Many people, because they were afraid. Uh, many people today, uh, they don't want to really go to the Father. Not yet. Life here is very familiar for them. And for the most part, life today is pretty cozy, even in the midst of the crazy pandemic uh, and the dangerous one, of course. And most folks find life here on earth rather cozy, aside from this. In fact, uh, many would argue that things haven't been better from the material perspective, speaking for the human family in our country. Faith, on the other hand, is suffering. My friends, in our Western culture, death is not viewed very healthy. Uh, the end is not attractive to people. Uh, death is in a state of denial in our culture, and we wish to give it a long postponement for as long as we can. This is why so much is given to medicine and, and to other things. Um, that's because the way our society speaks to us, we have more reasons than ever than ever before, to want to stay here on earth in this comfortable world, rather than to go to a place that we don't know about. And yet Jesus is going to heaven, being taken up in rapture of glory, is a great joy. And it is a culmination of his fulfillment of all that his Father wanted from him in this faith-filled life that he had here. And it is or should be the same joy for all of us who follow Jesus in this world. 
we too look forward to that end. What end am I speaking of? The glorious one, the one where we return to the Father also. The unbelieving world may have to live staring human death in the face with great fear. However, we Christians live facing death with glory because our Lord has spoken about it and he has made his promises. Not promises from some world leader or somebody who uh, speaks of philosophies and ideologies. No, our Lord, the Lord of all creation, has told us and his words are true. Now, my friends, there's a second going in the gospel. Um, that is uh, what we call the Great Commission. The sending forth of the disciples to convert the nations on the earth to live a life of faith, to live a life of Christ. And with that comes its promise of glory. Jesus said, go make disciples of all the nations everywhere. This particular going is not strong of late or, if you will, has been fading in our Western culture. Many haven't the heart to seek to convert with fervor um, people, as was in past times. And many people don't want to hear uh, the Lord's words of life or the message of the church anymore. And I wonder, is it because uh, the one has damaged the other? Has the church lost its right in society's eyes to speak for Christ because of her failings, because of the scandals of the past 20 and 30 years? Or could it be also because its members seem to be hypocritical with regards to our Lord's teachings where they do not apply his teachings to their lives? Uh, they say one thing but do another. Some may even say that Christ himself has lost his right to engage our nations. What has his grace achieved for the world they put forth? Crippled, I was listening to an interview, and they said, what has Christ done for the world, really? Is it still not plagued by wars and poverty? And now, what of this pandemic? Such folks would say that Christians and their Lord have had more than enough time, 2,000 plus years, and they haven't done such a great job. So they would put forth, it's time for another philosophy, another ideology to come and to replace it. To enhance the people's lives, of course. Of late, um, the most current one would be what we know as relativism. Anything anyone claims that is true <laughs> becomes the truth. Yeah, how is that working out? It's not working out very well. My friends, I still put forth and hold as your pastor that the best way to go in this life, the best way to live this life, the best way to achieve the next one with its glory, our societies filled with all of its uh, modern technologies and sophistications and its affluence still cannot fully satisfy the human heart. Now, my friends, there is nothing inherently wrong with these things. Uh, rather, it's a question of what is missing from them. And there is something missing from them. Perhaps one thing about this pandemic is that it has stripped away much of this nonsense that disguised much unsatisfaction in the world, causing many to reevaluate what truly is important. So the one thing I'm putting forward to you is that the pandemic has caused people to think. 
and to reevaluate many, many, many things. One only has to reflect on the nature of the complaints in the midst of this world pandemic to find out <laughs> the unsatisfaction. I can't go golfing. I can't go to the movie theater. I can't do this. I can't do that. And finally on there, oh, yeah, and there are people who can't go to their faith communities. Hmm. See what I'm getting at? The pandemic is causing people to think and to reevaluate, and it is unmasking people's unsatisfaction with life as it was. Deep longing and apathy are the proof itself that something is still missing. With all the technology we have, with all the things that we have, the human heart is still aching and longing. Although there may be many earthly pleasures, deep abiding joy seems to be missing. True inner peace and joy is lacking. I only I put forth another. Just look at big pharma companies. Look at all the billions spent on emotional prescriptions so that you'll feel happy. I'm not talking about pathologies, true uh, illnesses. I'm talking about for those who, I just can't seem to cope with things. I can't go to the golf course. I'll get that prescription. Mm. The handle on life is challenging and missing. The expectation of a joyful future beyond the grave is missing. For many, this is all there is, and there's nothing else. Our Lord's going in glory, and our going out to offer his way and his truth and his life, all of it with its deep-down joy to others are intimately connected to each other. Our Lord Jesus Christ, his words, his ways, his truth, express and address all the things of this world and in the next. And they address the limitations that people feel in their lives today. And they speak to the unnamed anxieties that many people have. And my friends, especially our young, our young who are supposed to be filled with hope, are lacking it. Our young, our young ones. They need to know of Jesus Christ. They need to know of the future. They need to know that this life is filled with hope and the one that comes is glorious yet too. My friends, many of our people, many of the young feel um, in their bones uh, that this world does not hold much. And there is nothing but a grave that awaits them. We need to change that. And that begins with each one of us Christians. We must live his words. We must live in joy and hope and love and give that to everyone, and particularly to our young. Because if not, this is how it's going to remain for them without Christ and without the vision of their own glorious, attached to our Lord, promise of heaven and eternity. My friends, I'll tell you, um, studying uh, for over 20 years and people who criticize Christians who may not be perfect. But here's what I want to tell you. In Christianity, 
We follow a person, not an idea, not a philosophy, not even a particular theology, no political leaders. They're dead. They're gone. They're in the grave. I don't mean to criticize others, but Muhammad, he's in the grave. Buddha, Confucius, any great political uh, leader of the past, they're dead. They're buried. What about our Lord? Yes, he, in fact, he did die. But he's not buried. <laughs> he's very much alive. That is your proof. That is the proof of Christianity. That is the proof of reason, of love, and hope, and laughter, and life. You don't have to take it my word. Go and look. Go and study. Go and study all the current and past philosophies and ideologies and political thoughts and all of its leaders. They're all gone. Gone. Nothing but an afterthought. Perhaps maybe even a dream. I would say nightmare. <laughs> and yet what remains is Jesus Christ, Lord of all creation, who desires every human heart to turn to him. And that is what the disciple is supposed to be doing, helping those to find him. My friends, uh, in the midst of this pandemic, and uh, I know our president, uh, uh, he's uh, rooting for faith communities, okay, uh, whether you like him or not, uh, at least on this thing, he's rooting. And uh, I know Washington State had made the news last night. Um, I'm going to read the letter from the bishops of Washington State, the Catholic bishops of Washington State. Uh, so that you know it's available on, on the uh, website for the parish, on the website for the American Catholic bishops also. Uh, you can go and Google it. It's made the news. Here's the letter written by uh, the Catholic bishops, including our Archbishop of Washington State. In response to President Trump's statement today regarding church reopenings, the bishops of Washington would like to provide a unified response. We want to let you know that the public celebration of Mass was suspended, not out of fear, but out of our deepest respect for human life and health. As disciples of Jesus, we are called to be instruments of God's protection for the vulnerable and the pub public common good. Our love of God and neighbor is always personal and not partisan. While we share the desire to bring people back to Mass as quickly as possible. Amen. Hallelujah. I cannot wait any much more longer. Uh, no, they didn't say that. I'm saying that, guys. <laughs> I, mean, I digress. Back to the letter. We will wait to schedule our public worship, meaning the Mass, when it is safe and we are prepared to do so. The bishops across the state are working through the Washington State Catholic Conference to engage the governor on a plan and schedule to safely regather. Based on expert guidance from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, the Thomistic Institute, and public health experts, we created practical guidelines outlining how we can safely return to public worship while ensuring reverence and respect for the sacred liturgy of the Mass. It is our understanding that these are in review with the governor's office even as I speak, 
We look forward to his rapid response. Rapid. Yeah, let's see. At the same time, we are now preparing parishes across the state for reopening. Parishes must create an environment that is not only safe, but is liturgically reverent. Right now, we do not have a date or determination of size for mass gatherings again. It is our hope that our right to responsibly and safely gather for worship will soon be honored so we can collaborate in a manner that respects both our Catholic tradition as well as our civic responsibilities. We eagerly await the governor's response to our suggestions on this so we can proceed together and uh, reopen our parishes. We look forward to welcoming people back to our parishes in the heart of Christ, the Most Reverend Paul D. Achen, Archbishop of Seattle, the Most Reverend Joseph Tyson, Bishop of Yakima, the Most Reverend Thomas Daly, Bishop of Spokane, the Most Reverend Eusebio Elizondo, Auxiliary Bishop of Seattle, the Most Reverend Daniel Muggenberg, Auxiliary Bishop of Seattle. Friends, you can find the letter on our website and on the bishop's website, on the Archdiocese of Seattle's website. If you want to go and read it again, that means uh, uh, we are in wait mode still. We'll continue broadcasting uh, mass, live streaming. I'm hoping the audio is working better this week. We've been working very hard on it. My friends, I would like to update you on the end of Catholic Appeal, uh, which has already started. Our parish, uh, our goal is at 188000 Yay! <laughs> and we are at $17,000, uh, which, you know, okay, all right, we can do this, we can do this. So uh, please pray about the Anocatic Appeal, how you'll support it this year with your prayers and hopefully with your donation. Uh, please do that online. You can fill out the cards um, if you... Uh, happen to pop in to pray inside the church. Remember, the doors of the church are open for private prayer still. Uh, you can always take a card with you and uh, drop it off at the office in the mailbox there. My friends, I also want to thank all of you who continue to support the parish uh, with financial gifts, allowing us to, yes, pay the bills, but to continue our ministry here. Thank you so much. Uh, know that uh, God loves you. Know that I love you. Please know that I miss you. And I look forward to the time when we are together again, physically, uh, in this house of worship.